Hey everybody, this is Johnny G-O-L-E from Hardline, Axel Rudy Pell, Crush 40, and so many other projects. 95 albums, can you believe that? But you're watching me right here on CMS TV. Rock out, people. And what is up, everybody? We are back once again for another edition of Chris Aiken Presents. It is, of course, myself and this guy over there, Mr. Eric Ferentino. Eric, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Chris. Stoked to be back on the show. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, Toomey stepped in for you, but can anybody really step in for you? No, it's a scientific fact that that can't be done. <laughs> hey, don't be talking too much about those scientific facts. Get this channel canceled. <laughs> don't trust science. Don't trust the science. <laughs> so, dude, two weeks away. Lots to talk about. You've been uh, you've been busy. I've been doing nothing but work. But um, uh, this weekend you were where were you in New York? Is that right? Right. We were we were in Big Flats, New York. And we played with Tom Kiefer and Vixen. How was that? It was really cool. The, the, the show itself was a lot of fun. Uh, I forget how much I enjoy the old Cinderella songs. Oh, yeah. From the 80s. So it, I had my own little nostalgic evening after we played just listening to their show. You know, it okay. took me back to like being 17 years old again. Gypsy Road and all that. Right. It, it's great, man. I, I, I love Tom Kiefer. Um, and it's it's an honor in a lot of ways to play with bands like that, that I grew up listening to when I get to be a part of that show. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. Well, you know what the thing is too about Kiefer and I, and I'll say this about him probably more than just about anybody else that's still doing it. He really still sounds like Cinderella, like his voice. And I know he's had all kinds of vocal issues and this and that, and you know, all kinds of shit that have, has gone on in his life. But I mean, he really still sounds just like he did in 1980, whatever, when we first heard him. Yeah, and he looks like that too. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how old Tom is right now, but I mean, he still looks like he's under 50. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know he's not reason. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm figuring the dude's got to be in his 60s, right? Yeah, he's got to be mid to late 60s. I mean, all those everybody else from that era is like between 65 and 70. But I mean, he still looks great, and I'm uh, I'm happy to uh, report that he knuckle bumped me. Ooh, look at you! Look at you! You guys are friends now. You What's know? up, Tom? What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw you met um, one of my favorite guys over the last two weeks as well, Mr. Brad Gillis. Dude, another guy that is not aged at all. I know that that guy is sickening. He still looks like he's like twenty five. Right, he does. Uh, he looks like he's still doing the uh, Speak of the Devil Ozzy, right. right? Which was funny. At one point, uh, Johnny made a joke to him when he was walking by because uh, Brad was walking around with his guitar, his Strat, and it was the red Strat right. that he actually played back then with Ozzy. And, oh, wow. Uh, Johnny looked over at him and goes, hey, Speak of the Devil, because we were talking about Brad Gillis, and then he's like, literally, bro, literally, <laughs> and he holds up his, his guitar. He's like, this like this is the guitar man he still has the same strat that he played sure. back then which is phenomenal but he is like such a egoless guy mm -hmm. 
you know, in fact, the whole Night Ranger band was so friendly. Sure. You know, just coming out, coming over to our dressing room and hanging out. I, I mean, I, I took photos with Brad and uh, Carrie Kelly. Sure. Uh, Carrie was super nice when I saw him. Um, you know, he I've seen over the years because he has a history. He's played in so many. Tom is 62 years young. Yeah. There we go. I was going to guess yeah. 62. But um, Carrie Kelly and I go back, you know, sure. like I've met him even before I played in Steven's band. Okay. Uh, so over the years, but he totally remembers me. When I saw him, he came and gave me a big hug. He wanted to make sure I was doing okay, you know, health-wise. And um, it was at that time that I locked him down as a future guest. Nice. And Very I go, good. dude, Carrie, give me your phone number, bro. You got to come on the Chris Aiken Presents. And I want to talk to him about his whole career. Yeah. Alice, well, I... Rat, Alice Cooper, Night Ranger. This dude's He's been, been in a shit ton of them. He played on one of my all-time favorite records, uh, Slash's Steak Pit, Ain't Life Grand. You know, that's a great record that I know he played on, or at least he's he's listed on it. I forget. I forget. I forget if he played on it or if he just was listed on it, but he came in after the fact. I just don't remember. But what else was he in? Like Pretty Boy Floyd, I think he was in for a while. And I think he was in some Hollywood bands like for in the late 80s. Newly Deads. The Backyard Babies. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, Shameless. Don't know. LA Guns. I, he's been in like every band known to man. Right. He's one of those guys. He's, you know, he's charismatic. He's funny. Um, I think he'd be a great guest. I, I was laughing because he, uh, that day when he was just schlubbed up walking around like we do, you know, we don't get dressed mm -hmm. up at the sound chest, but he was wearing a, like a Fauci shirt that had nice. Fauci on it, but it looked like Hitler. Right. Like <laughs> Fauci or something. It said something on there. I'm like, oh yeah, you'll fit right in as a guest. <laughs> uh, was he oh. actually in Steven's band, or are you just playing a? I'm just looking him up right now, and it says that he has a couple of credits with Steven. He did. No, he he did on. Um, I think it may have been. Uh, well, I could tell Bueller, you what it says. Bueller, yeah, he, yeah. he he co-wrote two songs on arguably Steven's worst album, in my opinion, Fueler. Uh, I do not like the Fueler. It just that's Steven's attempt to be a punk guy, isn't it? Or go back to being a punk guy. I don't remember what he was, but we were we were in some weird psychosis at the time. Go on. Yeah, you, yeah, you played on that too, right? Not really. You know, there's there's a couple of, of, of songs that got added at the last minute. Okay. Uh, to Fueler. Like, there was a first release of it, and then in order to do a second release, it required a few more songs. And I think we discussed this where Steven had me come in, and he had these, like, pre-existing drum tracks. Right, right, right. And had me, like, come in and just come up with these songs. Uh, one of them was called uh, Red Licorice, I okay. believe, uh, which I almost was going to do a, a candy store because of some one of our uh, you know riffs we're going to do uh, right. later involving candy. I was going to have a candy store. But uh, yeah, it was a song about a candy store called Red Licorice. <laughs> nice. And uh, there was Young and the Damned was another one. And these are ones where I just totally came up with the music like, right there that, that afternoon. And, and then he quickly did his vocals. So it's not our best work. You know, it's what you would imagine would happen if you schlocked something out. Right. You know, a few hours. <laughs> so uh, as far as what we were thinking at that time, I don't know what we're thinking. I think he was just trying to satisfy the, the very meager deal that it, there was at the time yeah. at triple X. It was triple X records, a defunct, a uh, record company right. that put that out now. In fact, at one point, I think he went there and they found a bunch of the CDs in the trash. They had like just cases of the CDs they were just throwing out. And he was Jesus. like, can you believe this? He came like coming back with them. He's like, so he still has cases of those as I do. Uh, 
you know they had re-released the vicious delight band that he did and yeah now that's a decent sh- band that was it okay. was all right uh he had a shit ton of those uh you know so we schlocked those over the years you know he just you know now cds are just nobody cares maybe at a live show they would buy a cd uh to get it autographed or something but generally people don't even want to be bothered with something like that yeah it is now now everybody wants the vinyl but they only want the vinyl for the collectible of it they don't want the vinyl to actually listen to everybody just wants to listen on their phone that's how i am they're streaming it yeah yeah i'm looking at fueler right now online okay and this is a yeah this is the album i didn't like and i and i'm looking at it i i automatically remember why i didn't like it because all the songs are so damn short all the songs are like mm-hmm. two minutes long right all there's 11 songs 32 minutes yeah this is i i mean i he he likely wrote the bulk of that i would imagine okay. i know why don't you read me the track listing i'll tell you what i all know. right overdrive right that's a piercy riff for sure that's him okay. playing guitar and right and that was his favorite song i think on it i'm into mm-hmm. overdrive uh, we used to we played that when i first joined the band oh. and well, it was actually our- why not it only took a minute and a half it's two right. minutes 35 seconds and the first 10 seconds are like an intro Right, so, and this comes back to like the people don't realize that Piercy does play guitar, and so yeah. he he wrote that song. Okay, go on. All right, Kill Kitty. Oh right, right, Kill Kitty. I think uh, that might be Mark Zavon. Yeah, he's listed. He's definitely uh, listed here. And and I think that's also like Mark was bringing in like a bear, uh, either a seven string guitar or something like that. He was like they were experimenting with some lower. Do you want me to bring these up? We can play little pieces of these. Yeah, okay. If you want to hear them, I mean, it's not my work, but okay. Well, some of it is. You're listed. Yeah, we could go. We can. Sure, why not? You're listed as Eric. Ver- it says Eric Ferentino's guitars on this video. So let's see. Here. Well, if there's a video, I mean, these again. It's I've not a story. video. Video. It's somebody put somebody put this together. Oh, okay. So here's Kill Kitty. You can hear a low that's good. Yeah. Tune to Q. Yeah. If you're gonna cross me, you better cover your tracks and backstreet. Can you know me better than that? Yeah, I've been spent down, turned around, given disease. Now why you wanna beat me on a short leash? I'm a pit bull, they get rid of the... It just, just feels rushed to me. It's like, ah, let's hurry up and get it done. I'm a pit bull, daycare, ready to bite. You like it? That's good. <laughs> I like it. It's it's right. fucking pretty pretty uh, raw there. You know what I mean? It's but raw, it, right? <laughs> it, I mean, but again, these these things get rushed. It, it's also hard to, I think, mix really low tuned shit. Right. Like you could obviously that's a seven string he's playing mm-hmm. or baritone or something. And I and I but go on. Let's get going here. What All else right. we got? That sick thing. Right. This I think is Carrie Kelly. I want to say, but well, let's hear a little of that. going on here (laughs) 
See, there's, there's just too much going on all at the same time. It's definitely be a culture shock to a rat fan. Yeah, which okay. I think it was to me. But to me, you know, being a, a, a 90s guy, yeah. uh, I, I, I speak this language. Well, I, I don't hate this. I'll tell you what I hate about it. The songs are too short. Like that song, That Sick Thing, that's pretty cool. It's a minute and 50 seconds. Right. Dude, I have albums with solos that are a minute and 50 seconds. Well, this is, no matter what, this is art. I don't, I don't like to judge somebody's, you know, art or whatever. I mean, if I was involved in this song, it would probably say, hey, we need a bridge for this or something. Yeah. I would have liked taking it up. But well, th- at that time, though, just it's it's indicative of the time Period. Yeah, because this is you what, know? like 2004? Like- it's like 2004, but he's being now influenced by stuff he was probably hearing in the late 90s at this point, right. you know, where that was what they were doing. It was yeah. like, like an industrial shit. It was like shorter songs, mm-hmm. that yeah. punk element, that Ramones feel. They had a, they had short songs. Like the Ramones are known for that. You know, yeah, not he wasn't going to do round and round or whatever. No, he's trying to, not, not to say reinvent himself, but go to places he, he hadn't been. You know, it's right. like, and there's a lot of artists that I think agree with this, that they just get tired of reproducing the same thing. Mm. You know, I did that already. What you want yeah. another round and round that sounds on the yeah. same key. With and the same Steven's kind of done that. I mean, he's reinvented himself a few times with yes, vertex and with vicious delight and with this. And, you know, now he's settled into, he's settled into, you know, give the, give the people what they want mode. But, but, yeah, this was when he was still trying to take over the world, I'd imagine, too. Or trying to stay stay as one of the guys that took over the world. What year was this? <laughs> 2002, 3, 4, okay. something like right, that. Right, right. Okay, so check it out. So this, yeah, this would have um, come, this would have been the record that came out right after Social Intercourse, I think. Which I thought was a really good record. I love yeah, Social that, Intercourse. Social Intercourse was pretty good. And then, uh, right, so Fueler was coming out as, like, I'm in the band now. Yeah but didn't really get much work on this record. Okay. Uh, but go on. Are we doing all these? Or Yeah, we'll do all of them. Okay. I mean, we only got to play like 30 seconds of each. You're right. It's all, it only 10-minute record. Yeah. So. yeah, that's it. 30 seconds of each. We'll probably still get a fucking YouTube channel taken down. But, this is um, taking me back. Yeah. All right, Godsmack. Oh, well. Do you remember? That might be by some other name. I don't know. Let's hear it. Is that you? No, it sounds like Mark Zavon. Okay. Relying heavily on WAP covers. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. No, it sounds good. I'm looking through. But I have no eyes. Has no eyes. It's rat sugar. I actually like this. Yeah, I don't mind this one. He lost me in that in that right. pre-chorus or whatever. He lost me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Godsmack. Um, Drive with me. Right. Which now this this is a the video I'd start in to this. There's a okay. video Drive with me, which but it's a pretty low budge uh, video. And again, then I had to to pretend I I played on this because I didn't. This is oh you this, didn't play this. I don't play on Drive with me. This is definitely Mark Zabon. All right. Let's yep. check a little of this out. I 
may have to go back to this. Yeah, this, he sings pretty good on this. Did you ever wonder, just like me, to feel the thunder shaking beneath me? Did you ever want to just go fast? And now I get a out of the I feel the need for speed. I need to go. I like this too. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I just hated this because, like you said, it was rat culture shock. Right. It was definitely not rat. And if you were used to a, a polished, produced sound, this would hurt your ears because yeah. it's, it's it's not over. It's the opposite of overproduced. It's, it's like a Stephen Piercy joined Helmet. You know, it's right. Like, it's like, wow. You know, and, and that might be why I didn't like it at the time was because I went in with a very specific taste, which was, you know, arcade. I was hoping that after rat would be arcade. I was really hoping he would just go back to arcade, which I loved. I, I'll be honest, the two arcade records I'll put above pretty much all the rest of the Rat records. I mm-hmm. loved arcade. So yeah, all right. Let's see, Spy versus Spy. Okay, is any of this you? Not yet. No, I'm telling I, you, I have very little to do with this record. I guess not. Jeez, here we go. I think this is Carrie Kelly. Let's- Yeah, no. Yeah, it's a little no confusion going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> a little too much, but now, hey, we... young and the damned. Yes. Okay, now we're on to me. Right, now, this, this is, is you. But before we do it, let me yeah. just <laughs> let me make Give an excuse before I right. before we play it. <laughs> Please, I was on a lot of drugs. No, <laughs> um, no. I this is this is one of those songs where I had to. He goes, look, I got. Um, I got these beats that were put together for something else. Can you make can you make something out of this? All right. And so I had to go up and this is what you hear with this is what I gave them with the beat that's there. And we okay. came out with this song, you know the damn. Here we go. Here we go. Young and the damn. We are we are 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 You're you're more in rat mode than anybody else on this thing, <laughs> right? That's closer to rat than pretty much anything we've played so far. But I was trying to, I, I mean, I guess follow along with what they had. I think there, sure. I tuned down just really far there. Right. When's the last time you played that song actually on a guitar? That day. Really? Nice. All right, Dream Machine. All right, this is Piercy playing all this. All right, let's hear that. Oh. 
that's like a faster version of Get Off My Back from Arcade. Arcade 2. Right. Similar. It's very similar. Now, and, go ahead. The last three are rat tunes. Right. So I think like there's a European version where there's another like couple songs I did with them. But yeah, it looks like that just that one song on the main release that I even mm. had anything to do with. Because, uh, uh, yeah. Did you play on these rat tunes? Yes, I think I did play those at the time. That's they're they're probably from the uh, Mickey Rat record okay. that was out. Do we want to hear them or no? No, I don't know. Not particularly. All right, then we'll just leave them alone. Yeah. Well, those are the eight songs from um. <laughs> yeah. From from so God, if you take off these songs, there's three three minutes, four minutes. So that's seven. And five minutes, so that you take twelve minutes. The fucking Fueler's twenty minutes long. Right. It. Yeah. He wasn't. But again, these deals didn't weren't for like a big any big bread. Yeah. You know, like what was he gonna do? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. Now, I I think the record after that was under my skin, which that which that one ended up having more like as the records went on i had like more and more maybe contributions till we finally got to like the the frontiers ones where then i just i just wrote helped you know just basically co-wrote all the songs with them right let's see is this it is this it under my skin I, yeah i can't tell yeah there it is under my skin you're a lot like me Right, yeah, that's that's me and him. All right, let's hear a little of that. Yeah, I remember liking this a lot more. tune right i know that tune now what kind of sucked around this time though was i i think that was just like the demo i did at home you know and sent it to him and he's like ah, i just used it you know what i mean to where right. I was like that's how i remember complaining like why aren't we doing this as a <laughs> as a band yeah yeah i mean he, he might have drum a drummer play over that but i think that was the original like demo ideas of my guitars so now was this part of the whole top fuel records or, or did he not do top fuel with his own stuff i don't remember you know i, I went on your buddy's podcast this past week the 90s attic yeah yeah uh, ray ray and I, we, we kind of touched on this because he asked me that too he's like hey if if top fuel records is a label how come hardly any records ever come up and, and i was more like i think you gotta look at it more like a uh Subs not a subsidiary, but like an umbrella company, you know, right? Kind of a per almost a production company, really. That mm -hmm. goes on because he these solo records go back to him. They always revert back to him. Like the deals that he makes aren't like the major label rap deals. When he does these little small amount of money deals, he always works it in that right. he gets the album back after probably five years or something right. like that. And so he has to have an entity for that. You know, so okay. we always had that on. So usually we'll see top fuel records plus triple X records. You'll have like both on there. Right. Um, so he's not an actual uh, 
studio himself distribution center well he was at one point though wasn't he because like vertex and stuff like that i believe came out on top fuel didn't it well again you know it wasn't that it was a actual brick and mortar place called no. top fuel records that people were going to record at and they pressed records in the back <laughs> you know, no. it was never top that. fuel was the name of his garage i'm assuming <laughs> and that's where he kept all the stuff but well he certainly had I, you know, I recall him having, you know, aspirations to grow it into something bigger yeah. that would even have other bands coming in. But it's like, you know, life gets in the way of right. these things most of the time. Just, just life, and it mm -hmm. seems like the older you get, the shorter the time is. You feel you even have to to do anything, right? When you have family and business and lawyers and court battles and, right? Jeez, you know. Um, tours and then you're still you know making the bulk of your money the last 20 years playing playing you know? live yeah it's yeah it's it's going that's where the money was at it wasn't in the records pretty quick after napster right, right. so oh, i'm not gonna go through this whole album no people can you can see it's on youtube people if you want to fucking hear it go go listen there but right yeah just interesting to see the evolution you play right. bass on this record too did that i played bass maybe yeah because some of says. them That's yeah some of them were probably again you know my crappy demos that i was doing on my hard disc recorder <laughs> you know back then i was really behind the times with uh right recording equipment i was like again you know a 90s guy where we just had like a boom box right you know would play our ideas and then you know get another boom box and overdub <laughs> nice <laughs> like i i don't think i even got into like garage band till about 2006 okay which is when i switched to you know so by then i was probably 10 years behind right with home recording so i sure. was a little late to the game there <laughs> um i was able to later get a better grasp on it and even on the last two frontiers records i did all my solos i recorded at home right and just emailed them <laughs> nice so i could cool. i could do more stuff now yeah that's better but uh back then it was a lot of you know just sending over demos so i wasn't my i wasn't super proud of the work i didn't quite understand the rushing through because of budgets and stuff i didn't sure. understand necessarily that concept but i had to just accept it and then have to hear people go it's right. not as good as the rat records and fuck this guy yeah well, it's like yeah it's because there's not a five million dollar budget behind it <laughs> yeah give us five million dollars we'll do a lot better yeah when there's five hundred dollars behind it it's like yeah this is what you're gonna get two oh there was for me there was no hundred dollars that for was you, hey, i can record you... at two in the morning you know i can i can record at two in the morning if you get me studio time after work <laughs> i recall it more uh those first appearances i was making here and there on some of his low, low budget records was more as a as a favor okay i mean like can you get up here and help me out you know what i mean because most more prolific guys are gonna you know want a lot of money right sure <laughs> to do it i mean robbie krieger was really nice uh when he played slide guitar on not killing me right on, wow uh view to a thrill he did not ask for any money but that dude does not need any money yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, I think he had a little success with his other band. Yeah, The Doors, he definitely yeah, made made think, some good amount. I think he made uh, a good couple of bucks off of that one. On top of that, his, uh, from what I understand, what I, I remember hearing about anyway, not directly from him, but I think I had got it from Steven, but the, Robbie's dad had some patents with the military. Oh, okay. So that there was a lot of value in that too. You right. know what I mean? I don't think he has to worry about anything. <laughs> 